All right. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. It's good to be with you. Um, over, over 25 years ago, I guess, I was one of the ones up there in the baptistry being baptized. I don't really remember too much about it except for the fact that I didn't have to use a step stool as some of the other kids did. I could actually stand in the water and not, you know, have it come up here. But I will tell you confidently that the person that stands before you this morning is different than that young child up there. But it is so refreshing and uh, encouraging to see that the baptismal waters are still stirring in this place. Let me pray as we get started. Father, we come before you this morning. Grateful for your work, your ministry, your activity in our lives and in this world. God, would you just continue to show yourself faithful? God, we know that, but it is easy to forget. God, we need the reminder. We need this community. We need this time to see exactly how good and faithful and loving and great you are. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, good morning again. It's good to be with you. We had the privilege just recently of hosting um, a swarm of college students, and I think we have a picture of that over spring break. It, it really was. They, they came in and almost doubled, doubled our attendance just that one Sunday. But it was great to have them serving alongside of us. We've also just, just got back this weekend from John James uh, leading our student ministry in a partnership with some other church plants within the city, uh, getting together and serving the students, the youth, uh, showing them that they are not alone in the city, that they aren't isolated in their beliefs or in their faith. And so uh, it was great to have them. It's also good just to hear about the activity of God here to see that firsthand, to know what God is doing. It's encouraging to see people responding to the move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you for letting us be a part of that. Yes, Easter is real. Jesus is alive. And you can see even based on this morning that he is still moving and active. And praise God for that. We're looking forward to even at the end of the service. I don't know, it wasn't, I don't think alluded to, so I hope I'm not breaking news, but we're gonna have a commissioning later on at the end of the service. And, and some of those being commissioned are gonna come and serve in New York City alongside of us in a place that we haven't reached before, in a place that is predominantly uh, Muslim in faith. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as we get going this morning. My family and I, have lived in New York City for nearly three years. And as you can imagine, life in New York City is a little bit different than Nacogdoches. <laughs> I still have moments where I think to myself, do I really live here? I had to go to a meeting the other day and it wasn't a glamorous thing, but I found myself riding the subway, going to the train, getting on and, and heading into Manhattan, walking, legitimately walking down Times Square not as a tourist, but because that's how I had to go to get to the destination. And I just stopped for a second and was like, wait a second. Like, I'm not one of these people stopping and taking pictures and like, wow, that's a big TV, you know? I mean, <laughs> I'm somebody just walking and along with these business people living life in this strange and different city. Um, as you can expect, there are, are some big differences. Our family, my son in particular, likes to count the rats as we wait on the train. 
It's more fun than it sounds, okay? It actually, it actually is. Recently, he was tasked, my son Jonah was tasked with writing to our local council member and saying, hey, what needs to be done? What needs to be changed in the community to help us have a better community? So he chose, all on his own, all on his own, to write and, and talk about the excessive um, dog poop that stayed on the sidewalks and that needed to be cleaned off. So he invented and drew a little robot that would go around and basically clean the sidewalks. That's the, that's the issues that we deal with, yes. He was also given just recently an, an assignment from his school, his teacher. He said, the, the teacher said, okay, I want you to go home and they're doing some sort of project. I don't exactly know what it is, but he said, go home and find out how to say the word frog in your native language. Okay, great. So he comes home, you know, we have a talk. <laughs> and I think, as, as from what I understand, he was the only one being able to report back. There were others from different languages, but I think he was the only one in his class to report back to his teacher. The, the correct pronunciation of frog in his native language was indeed frog. That was it. That was it. Depending on your perspective, there are pros and cons to New York City and Nacogdoches. There are differences to be sure, but how refreshing it is to be able to walk into a place, walk into a church and have instantly the unity of the spirit. To not have to work through different boundaries, not have to work through different uh, walls, but rather come in and celebrate the work of God. It's been nearly two years since I was able to be here with you. And yet, isn't God awesome that I can just show up and there is peace, there is unity. He is kind and wise to give this to his believers, no matter where they are. This morning, I struggled a little with what to talk to you about, if I'm honest. You know, going back to that small child being baptized here, I think maybe there's 12 people in the room that were still here whenever that was the case. We were more worried about the, the choir getting wet as people were baptized than, than anything sometimes. But I, I, I wasn't sure how to merge the beauty of the gospel and really trying to showcase how good and great Jesus is with also highlighting the activity that God's been doing in New York City. But I found myself being drawn to a specific passage. And I don't know if you've ever had this when you've been reading the Bible, but you just, you just can't stop. Like there's something happens when you, when you start to read a passage, you start to think, wait a second, that's me. Like that, what I'm reading right here is exactly what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. Now this could happen two ways, right? It could be, oh no, that's me. <laughs> I'm reading that. Or it can be an encouragement. Wow, this is exactly what I was feeling. I just didn't know how to say it. A passage of scripture that drew me in and I just couldn't stop reading and thinking of for this church, this time, is 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, we read it a little earlier, but it's chapters four through nine. Okay, don't worry, we're not gonna read all six chapters, okay. We're not actually gonna go through all six chapters. If you have time, I know you have a weekly Bible reading, but if you get done with that quickly throughout the week, I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians chapters four through nine. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open that to 2 Corinthians chapter four, which is where we're going to start. Hopefully you have a hard copy of God's word with you. 
I was encouraging the youth this past week to use real hard Bibles so you don't have notifications popping up when you're using your phones. Hopefully as adults, we can be good examples of that. In the book of Corinthians, Paul and Timothy are seeking to speak candidly to the church that is located in Corinth. While Paul's conversation within 2 Corinthians chapter 4 through 9 are more of a thriving idea, like, like something that he's longing to see and witness, he wants to see and be a part of what he's laying out within these chapters. This morning, I want to go and look at this specific passage not as something that I'm longing to look for or, or I wish I could see within a group of people, but, but noticing exactly that this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm noticing. And hopefully have a bit of a time of celebration here this morning. I'm gonna Christianly steal Paul's outline and use it. In the early parts of chapter four, Paul is going to speak about the gospel, the beauty of the gospel, the, how the true light of the gospel shines brightly in those who believe, but there exists some still who are veiled, who are unfamiliar with the light of Christ. They don't fully grasp the greatness of the gospel. However, for those who can see the provision of God, who can see God's activity at work in the moment, in their lives, in the lives of people around them, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, there's celebration to be had. Even more so, there's celebration because even in the midst of what is obvious God's activity, when we don't see God's activity, not to say that God is not still active and at work, but when we don't see it, we can still be united and celebrating together because of the work that he's done in us. Okay. Enough talk, let's get to 2 Corinthians chapter four. We're gonna start in verse 13. We're gonna read through verse 15 and then we're gonna jump down here a little bit later. 13 through 15 say this. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. It is easy, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not as easy for you, but it's easy at times, I think, to disconnect ministry and the work of God based on geographical locations. It's easy to say, well, God's doing this over here in Nacogdoches and in this area, and God's doing this over here in New York City, in Queens, in Ridgewood. Now, we can know, especially in this setting and in this place with different teams coming in, uh, all but one person, that got baptized this morning, I recognize from trips to New York City. We can see the connectedness perhaps a little bit better here in this place, but a lot of times it's easy to get into this idea of day-to-day -day rhythm and forget how vast and beautiful and awesome the kingdom of God really is. And how this person over here who seems like they have nothing to do with this person over here 
is actually connected by the cross and the tomb of Christ. There's a purpose behind all of this. The ministry in New York City, the grace extending to more and more. I love how Paul put that, that grace extends to more and more people. It has a purpose beyond just salvation. And I don't know if you noticed that. There's a greater purpose of God's activity than just bringing about people that says, check it off, I've got it, I've got Jesus, we're good to go. There's something bigger and greater at play. I can celebrate the baptisms that we see here this morning, not just because I grew up in this church, not just because I'm standing here before you this morning, but because each baptism represents an additional soul being added to the kingdom of God. Not a kingdom, but the only kingdom of God. Here's what that practically means. What that means is whenever I get a chance to hear salvations and testimonies happening in Nacogdoches in Fredonia Hill, flooding into this place, I I look around New York City and perhaps I get this uh, unhealthy vision that says, man, this is a dry place, God. God, there's spiritually people are dead around here. They don't, even, they don't even understand. Sometimes they don't even know that they need you. They don't even recognize that the fact that they can call on you or read scripture or be a part of a community. I fight the natural thought, the thought that does come naturally at some times, which says, God, why not Ridgewood? It's great. Oh man, I'm so glad Fredonia Hill is having all these baptisms, but, but God, they already got hundreds of members. They already got all these people, and man, they're, they're in a location that's already full of people who believe in Jesus, who know Jesus, but God, why not New York? Why not an outpouring where I am? That natural thought is not a good thought. That natural thought can, within the context of these verses, be taken captive and said, this is not about one kingdom here, one kingdom there. It is one kingdom that consists of all believers throughout the world, different nationalities and languages and cultures and cities and geography, language, age, all of it, all of it. Take it all. It's one kingdom. So I can celebrate and I can change that thought to say, God, if you can do it in Nacogdoches, you can do it in Ridgewood. God, if you can do it in Ridgewood, you can do it in Nacogdoches. It is the same spirit, same spirit of faith. Makes me think of the the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know if y'all like those, those book series, but that phrase, Aslan is on the move. It's that reminder that, yes, God is on the move. He may not be exactly right there moving in the way you want to see it, but God is on the move. So when we baptize someone, you can celebrate because it is adding to the kingdom that we are all connected with. And this is the verse 16. You gotta put that into perspective before you understand and read verse 16. Verse 16, let's see it again, says, so because of this, because of what we just talked about, we do not lose heart. 
Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Grace is extending to more and more people. So even in the hard days, even in the difficult times, we don't surrender, we don't leave. We see the bigger picture at play. We see the greater kingdom at work. Our own world is so small compared to God's kingdom. Our own vision, we see just a tiny glimpse into God's great and awesome kingdom. Just as Jesus told Nathaniel when he called him, lift your eyes to the Lord and you will see even greater things. So what I wanna do here next is share with you Because how can you celebrate unless you know? How can you rejoice well unless you understand and hear and and see the different stories of grace extending to more and more people in Ridgewood? I'm gonna obviously talk about a time in which we've lived there, but it certainly is not because we live there. God's kingdom is at work whether we're there or not. I'm not there this morning and it doesn't mean that they've stopped everything and said, well, because Josh is here, I guess the spirit's not moving. That's absurd, of course not. But I think part of the reason that we get to witness that is so that I can come back here this morning in this place and share with you and and show you God's kingdom is not limited to this room. God's kingdom is not limited to this place. He's at work in places that you may have never even visited within your own country. And it's one thing to see videos, it's another to hear personal stories. In 2020, when we arrived at Maranatha, the church had 29 members. When I spoke to you in 2021, we had opened up membership to all the nationalities and ethnicities instead of just being a Romanian-specific church, and we had increased to 42 members, which is awesome. And today, as you saw in the, the video, we celebrate that the church now has 65 members. We're looking now next to send out a family to plant, to start a new ministry in a different part of Queens. I wanna share with you two stories in particular though that you as a church personally had a hand in and you probably don't know. In 2020, Maranatha was transformed in a season, uh, within a season to, to be a food pantry, a food distribution. Uh, you, you remember in 2020, New York City was very hard hit with the COVID virus and many people were struggling, not just um, to find health and um, sanity of life, but, but to pay for groceries. They were stuck in buildings, everything was shut down. And so that, that during that time, March, 2020 through November of that year, we gave out between 200 and 300 meals every week. But on one Thursday, as we were getting ready to, to close it down, we saw an email come in from a single mom. Single mom with a special needs child, adopted special needs child, had written us an email. And unfortunately, uh, she was not able to come as normal during the normal time and pick up her box. So she'd ask if we would set aside a box for her to come. At the end of the day, she can come and pick up the box afterwards. Unfortunately, we did not get that email. The day came and and went. 
And we'd given away all the boxes that we had except for those who were volunteering from the community with us and one for ourselves. And now let me tell you this, okay? You may never meet this lady, but you don't tell her this next part of the story, okay? She doesn't know it. She doesn't need to know it. But here it is. As she arrived and came to the gate of the church, we were leaving. She came and hoped that we'd set a box aside. Gail, my wife, overheard her talking to another lady. And the lady was saying, you know, we don't, have, we don't have any more boxes. We don't have any more boxes. We don't have any more food. And so Gail went in and grabbed our box that was set aside for our family during that time, took it out to the lady and gave it to her. Now, let me be clear. At, at this time, Gail was not working. She's a, currently a, a sub at the school that our kids go to. She works every day substituting and, and is able to, to work within the school system, which is awesome. We had only been there maybe two months. People around us were searching for food. There were multiple food pantries and distribution centers happening within that one community, almost on different days so that everyone could find food that they needed to find during that time. But because of your partnership and generosity, because you sent us out equipped and able to purchase the things we needed to purchase as a family, we were able to give that mom and her son a box of food. Fast forward about six months. First time this lady and Gail meet apart from this box exchange. They meet at the kids' school, and they get to talking, and she gets Gail involved in the school system with PTA and the school leadership team. For about three months after that, that's now nine months after we've given her the box, she shows, shows up at church for the first time. The reason she's there is because she wants to expose her son to all types of religion. And we were the closest Baptist church. So she decided to show what it was to be a part of the Christian faith to her son and so that one day maybe he could make his own decision. Slowly though, she became more comfortable with the church. Even to go so far as claiming this church as her own church, to our surprise. <laughs> Inviting her friends and talking with other people. Her, her son fell in love with the church, enjoyed running around and messing things up in between services with the other kids in the church. Through many conversations and the discussion of what it means to truly surrender your life to Jesus, she realized that even though she was confirmed as a child, she grew up in the Catholic faith, she was baptized as a baby. She had never on her own taken a stand in the name of Jesus. She personally had never surrendered her life to Jesus. So on February 12th of this year, and there's a picture of Miss Anna, I had the a privilege of baptizing Miss Anna. And here's the deal. You would never have known that you, church, had a hand in her salvation story. Without you, I, you know, God can do what God's gonna do. But how about this? God chose to use you to change her life. In her baptism 
service. There were people in the community who were there who'd never stepped foot in our church. There were some who said blatantly and outright, I do not want to come to your church. I am not interested in the things of Jesus. But because they were friends with this lady, came that Sunday to support her. Your support and partnership as a church has enabled me to bring this grace story to you this morning. And my hope is that it would do just what this passage of scripture says. That would increase your thanksgiving to the glory of God. Before I tell you the next story, I wanna read another passage, 2 Corinthians. Turn to chapter nine. See, I told you we weren't gonna read the whole thing. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter nine, and we're gonna start in verse 10. But before I read this section, I have to put a little caveat on here because if you read the, the headlines of, these, uh, of, of the scripture at times, it says at the very top of verse six, the cheerful giver. This section of the sermon is not about whether or not you should be giving or financially supporting or that's not what this is about. That's not my purpose in this. So don't shut me off and say, oh no, he's talking money now. Okay, that's not but if you're convicted, you come see me after, okay? All right, we'll talk. That's not the purpose here. That's not the purpose here. God does love a cheerful giver. My purpose here is again, that God is going to increase thanksgiving to his glory, to remind you and me of God's goodness and faithfulness. So let's look now. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter nine. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. There that is again. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It is an act of righteousness to pour into, or for biblically speaking, to sow in ministry within the kingdom of God. Through money, sure, absolutely, yes. But it doesn't just stop there. It's not as if we say, okay, I'm giving my money, therefore I don't need to give my time, I don't need to give my talents, I don't need to give the, my, my abilities to the church. Well, that's absurd. So the opposite is also absurd. I give my time, I give my talents, therefore my money is mine. Well, that's pretty idiotic. You just ask and look at the church at Laodicea to see what God thinks of half-hearted obedience or lukewarm faith. Spoiler alert, it involves vomit. Wow, we've talked about poop and vomit in one Sunday. They're gonna be real excited to get Kendall back up here. Okay, all right. But I wanna relook at this passage. I'm gonna read it again. 
We're going to go back through it. But not as something that is looking to be done in the future, but something that is being done now. And that's what I want you to look at it, okay? Instead of just seeing it as, God, what am I supposed to do in this moment? I want you to, to hear God's voice speaking about and celebrating what you are a part of right now. What God is already doing within his kingdom. That God is not just using you to supply the needs, but he is multiplying it. It is overflowing because of your generosity, because of your partnership. Here it is again. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply, has supplied and has multiplied your seed for the sowing and has increased the harvest, not just in New York City, but of your own righteousness. You have been enriched in every way because of your generosity in every way, which through us has produced thanksgiving to God. The ministry of this service is not, it has not been just supplying the needs of the saints, but it has also been overflowing in many thanksgivings to God because of their approval, because of people seeing this work of this service, they have glorified God because of your submission. That has come from your confession of the gospel of Christ first. And then the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God, upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. That brings me to the next story that I have for you. It involves a family that I've already mentioned. It's the Adamson family, and this family will be up on the screen as well. The Adamson family moved to New York City January of 2022. They spent the last year with Maranatha learning what it means to do ministry within the context of New York City and Queens. About six years ago, this family of nine, family of nine, okay, felt the tug of the Holy Spirit to move to New York City. But things simply didn't add up and it just wasn't the right time. Now, God has shown his timing to be good, perfect, and right. Through your partnership, and the involvement of the teams that you are currently sending and are going to be commissioning this morning, they are about to step out into a new location within Queens. It's called Jamaica. It's not the country. It's in Queens. Within that community, there exists a mosque where whenever they have Islamic meetings, there's about 3,000 Islamic people that will come and worship during that time. They shut the streets down. They close everything so that they can have their moment of uh, spiritual seeking. Right now, we, we know of one other Baptist church in the area, and it is a Bangladeshi congregation. I just want to make sure this is super clear, that you are able to rejoice in it. In 2017, Maranatha, as a church, was contemplating what would it mean to shut our doors? What would we do if we sold the building? 
In 2020, they hit an all-time low of 29 members. Not even all of those faithfully involved in attending the church. But now, again, through your partnership, your involvement, because you have been faithful and you're support and your sending and your giving and your worship of God. He is multiplying. And as a church, we were able to take this family and launch them out and send them to another place within Queens. In three years. In three years. That's not normal. I don't know how much you're into church life stuff. That's not normal. But it is only because of the work of God and God is choosing and you are faithful in allowing him to use you. Thank you. Thank you for letting God use you in that way. And maybe you don't even realize it. And here's the, to me one of the coolest things that I saw within this scripture and made me think, of this church was well, 2 Corinthians 9:13 we read by their approval of this service they the people others will glorify God because of what first because of your generosity first no that's not where it starts because of your submission because you're willing to say okay God what do you want to do what do you want to do and that's not involving just New York City. That's involving Nacogdoches. That's involving your family. That's involving your workplaces. That's involving your friends. You're, you're, you're putting it out before God and saying, okay, here it is, God. I'm submitting. I'm giving it over. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? That's where it starts. It doesn't start with you going to God and, and with your ledger and saying, look at all the things I've done, God. Now you should use me. Now you should do something cool through me. It starts with the submission of the confession of the gospel of Christ. And if we truly understand the gospel of Christ, what other natural response is there going to be except generosity? Generosity with our homes, with our times, with our families. Talking about advocacy this morning, that's an act of generosity. It's, it's an act of submission. It's an act of saying, I'm submitting this area of my life. God, if that's what you're calling me to submit, then I'm going to submit that, be generous, and then God, you are going to be glorified as a result of that. People are going to thank God because of the work that you are doing. That's awesome. We don't boast in this, we don't lord it over, but we submit. It's the understanding, again, that Fredonia does not exist apart from Maranatha in Ridgewood, Queens. Maranatha is not disconnected from Fredonia. It's not even connected because I'm here, my family's here, because of the history we have. All that could be wiped away tomorrow and there's still a deep connection in the spirit. So, I will remind you that you do not, church, just support missionaries. You are missionaries. And I've got stickers for you, and, and I know that usually there's a thing with kids' bags, and there's white, and you know, you got those, right? There's some stickers in that, and within those bags, it says, I, I don't just support missionaries, I am one. 
And I would love for you to come and get a sticker. If you didn't get one, I'm gonna be out uh, in this area, the Welcome Center. And I'd love to talk with you and share some more about all of that. I've got some of those, they're really shiny, by the way, stickers. So it's, it's pretty cool, okay? So now I'm going to dub you this morning official New York City missionaries. Is that okay with you? Well, it doesn't really matter. I'm gonna do it anyways, okay? You are New York City missionaries. Therefore, you have at any right, with any moment that you're walking around the aisles of Kroger or Brookshire Brothers or Walmart, you can declare with confidence, hey, I'm walking here, all right? (laughs) You can use your horn as much as you would like as you are driving around town, okay? My hope is this morning that God has used me to increase your thanksgiving to God has nothing to do with me or my family or the church or, or, or whatever, but rather that he has shown himself faithful and good and that you are able to thank God for the work that he is doing. If you came in this morning and you needed that thankfulness, if your cup was empty, I hope there is a steady trickle at least happening. If you came in full, then I hope it's overflowing and you let other people experience some of that thanksgiving. This is not something that has to happen only when you have guest preachers either. Weekly, you come together, praise God for the work that he's doing. If God is calling to you, maybe you've been thankful for all the work that's being done outside of other people, but you yourself have not submitted to the work being done within yourself, then today is the day. Yes, today is the day that the Lord has made. We're gonna rejoice, we're gonna be glad in it, but today is also the day of salvation. So perhaps that's where you will find yourself. And we will celebrate that alongside of you. We will be thankful to the glory of God for the work that's happening in your life. God is at work in you and through you, both here and in New York. And so as 2 Corinthians 9, 14 closed, I'm going to take that as my own, that I long to be with you. I enjoy being with you. That I will pray for you and that I will remember you joyfully in my prayer because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Let's stay unified. Let's stay connected within the spirit, within the body. If you wanna know what that looks like practically, I've got some different things. I've got information about what we do, cards, stickers, bookmarks, all the stuff so you don't forget to pray for us because we need your prayers. If you'd like to grab any of that, then I would love to do that out as we close this morning. But as I close, I just want to encourage you that if you do need to submit to the Lord, you can do so by going to the back and praying with prayer partners. You can come to the front and submit your life to the Lord on your knees here at the altar. Let me pray for us as the band is going to come back up. Father, we do surrender to you first and foremost, whether God, maybe even we understand what that means or maybe even if we're hesitant 
God, perhaps we're scared to submit fully to you because that may mean that you want us to move to a place in which we don't necessarily wanna move. Maybe it means going and talking to someone that we don't necessarily wanna go and talk to or, or looking and living in a place and in a way that we don't necessarily and naturally long for. But Father, what I pray for this morning is complete and utter submission in all things under your name and at your feet because God, when that happens, your glory is going to increase in ways that we never thought would happen. Lord, I, I speak this as an own testimony of my life and what you have done in it, never imagining that as I was baptized in the baptistry behind me, that I would one day be standing before you, speaking, living in a place like New York City, declaring your goodness. But I'm thankful, Lord, for the opportunity. And God, there are many in this room that know that my life has not been straight or awesome or easy, but God, you have been faithful in it all. And so we praise you, we thank you. God, I pray for this church that you would not raise, lift your blessing from this place, that it would fall and it would continue to fall, that your grace would abound more and more. God, that your grace would go out to more and more people so that we may look at the work and not say, wow, how awesome we are or how great our programs are or how awesome it is that we celebrate and have missionaries come in, but rather God, that you are great, that you are awesome, that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are loving, that you are just, that your wrath is real, that your salvation is needed, that we can be bold and courageous no matter where we find ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Praise you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.